This is a fair request, and I promise I will not judge any person only as a teenager. If you will constantly remind yourself that some of my generation judges people by their... Coming up on Verse Chorus Verse, back in the day, nothing was better than a good old punk shoot-off. We're going to talk some member berries next. Welcome to episode 130 of Verse Course Verse. I know. <laughs> I am DL. With me is Rachel, LTJ Lover Polio. Rachel, yay! How are you today? I'm good. I'm Fucking not liar. feeling great. I mean, emotionally, I'm good. Allergies have kicked in really badly, and I can't keep enough medication in me to combat them. And then I'm just feeling kind of like it's just I ate something. It's allergies today. This and the like stomach. So you get super bad allergies. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is midday Saturday. We're so busy in our lives and we gotta knock this out. Are you so excited? Um <sighs> Yeah, we can actually can we we can talk about that because the last episode was the Brad Roberts interview. Lead That's singer, crazy. songwriter, amazing guitar player, Brad Roberts, uh, talk to me. Wild shit. Can you just die happy now? Yep, exactly. We are right in the middle of June, which I have labeled as one of our interview months because we've got another interview upcoming, and this is a warm-up for that. Our next episode is a big, giant, huge interview that Rachel was there for, and I think you enjoyed it? I was catatonic the whole time. <laughs> I think I said one sentence. You, you were a great color person. <laughs> I, don't I was so scared. <laughs> So that's what we're doing. We're warming up for that. And I figured the best way to warm up for that was to do a little album exchange sort of thing. Rachel gave me what she considers her favorite Less Than Jake album. And I gave her yeah. another offshoot of punk. Because uh, yeah. neither of these I would call punk. But they definitely have... It's definitely... Punk vibes. In their DNA, right? Yeah. Yeah. Less Than Jake is a little more 90s and Billy Talent is a little more 2000s yeah. sounding. Sure. Uh, we'll talk about that when we get to the albums. I think one of those two has a much, surprisingly ended up having a much broader appeal Yeah. Uh, as far as longevity. Mm -hmm. I'll get into that. But first, we got to get into the most important part of the day. Rachel, you said you're feeling great. It's a good day. <laughs> what are you chugging? Let's mix it with alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> I just got back about an hour and a bit ago from Pilates. I've been trying to, you know, get that wedding body. Anyway, I had some protein, uh, chocolate protein from Koya and some Malibu. <laughs> so are you are you doing the big, huge fucking wedding? Yeah. Oh, God. It's not gigantic. I mean, it's not gigantic. It's like 100 people, give or take. But he has a really That's big... fucking He has gigantic. a lot of people and I'm really popular, friend-wise, so... Yeah, you guys tell me that all the time, so... <laughs> But uh, I'm just, you know, there's so many moving parts in organizing a party like that. That's what I am anxious about. It's just, you know, make sure everybody, all the food shows up and everybody's ready to go. Well, good luck. <laughs> well, I'm actually, I'm going to see you a few times before then. We have to yeah. really crank out some episodes. So, but then 
you get like then it's a vacation month time. And a half. Yeah, yeah, you get to do your wedding and your honeymoon and all that stuff. Yeah, lucky kid. I don't think I have that much else. Uh, I guess I'll get your opinion on it. Uh, by the time this comes out, we'll already have another YouTube responding to it. My next verse chorus revisit is essentially going to be uh, answering all of the comments that have been left on the YouTube. Um, <gasps> That's fun. Yes. So I haven't talked to you about it yet. We have, for all you listeners that I'm sure know already, we did a first listen reaction and right. posted it to YouTube of 72 seasons. Metallica fans are out in full force because we did not enjoy the album. And yeah, we got trashed pretty hard for our opinions. I'm glad there were four of us, though, not just one of us getting attacked. Have you listened to the album again? I have not. I didn't care enough. I really do think... Fill the need. Part of it is that the same thing that you have with Interpol, that maybe next album will realize how good this album is or something. It could be. Because it's not bad at all. It's just not no. creative outside of their box. It's a mashup of everything they've ever done before. You're right. I also think that because of the backlash, because all people want, you know, they get on reaction videos to see people in amazement of their favorite band. Yeah. And so when they see that, because we didn't say it was the worst album ever. No. We five out of 10 did, basically. Yeah. This is the epitome of a mediocre album, which... I feel like 50% is good. It's not. Not that it's but 50%. It's not, <laughs> but it's not like we fucking said it's, the, you know... Garbage. Yeah. We're going to talk more Metallica more this year. I think to our dedicated listeners, the people who actually mm-hmm. give a shit have seen and will see that, you know, even in that video, we we praised a ton of parts of Metallica. Absolutely. Like, you didn't talk about your drink. You because gonna, it's super boring. Oh. So I've got a I water more than- <laughs> and a coffee. Oh. When we're done, I'm driving to the Oregon coast. So oh, I've got gotcha. no, Stay I'm sober. not... I heard somewhere that it's not a great idea to drink before you drive around a bunch. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I've heard Thanks that somewhere. Thanks a lot, Obama. I'm not sure. <laughs> Rachel's on to politics, and <laughs> I'm drinking coffee. It's going to be an interesting episode. Uh, look, we got to get into it. Like I said, this is interview month. We're doing a warm-up for a fantastic interview next week. Those of you that follow us on Instagram, you've probably already seen who we're talking to, but I'm not going to spoil it yet. Because I know that there are some of you that do just the pod. It was an amazing interview. It was fantastic. The person we interviewed was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the people we've interviewed have just been fabulous, brilliant, and yes. Uh, and there's more to come this year. A lot of stuff happening next year as well. So stick with us. Uh, we're gonna get into these albums. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. So we are back. Hey, Rachel here. So our first album, the album that I gave David, was Hello Rock View by Less Than Jake. And it's still just you and me. Sometimes I can't believe after all these years, I just think I'll never This album, I need to stop saying, uh. You are the best out of everybody as far as keeping the sentence without any filler. Really? You are. It's just the other shit. I have no snacks today. And my drawer is closed, so I have no pen. I'm, I'm, 
currently. Very proud of you. Very proud of <laughs> I you. You can find something to play with. That's what she said. But Hello Rock View is less than Jake's third studio album. It was released on the 6th of October, 1998 by Capitol Records. Recorded at Mirror Image in Gainesville. Gainesville, Florida. Gainesville, Florida. It reached uh, 39 on the Billboard Modern Rock Tracks chart. Wow, did it really? Yeah. And yielded two singles, History of the Boring Town, All My Best Friends Are Metalhead. And History of the Boring Town was the one that hit number 39 on the Modern Rock Tracks chart. Also surprising. If you would ask me, I would have said it had to have been All My Best Friends Are Metalheads. I don't know. That lead in with... I'm not saying which I like better. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying I thought that one... I thought All My Best Friends Are Metalhead. It's the Less Than Jake song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Before we get into this album, we got to guess each other's favorite song. Yeah. Rachel... Yeah, we do. We just talked about it. I know that this topic is a soft spot for you and why you just loved that last Killers album so much. <laughs> I am saying that your favorite song is History of a Boring Town. Okay. Strictly because of content. Well, and it's a great song as well. Uh, yeah. Do you think that... I mean, no spoilers as to if I like this, <laughs> song, this album or not, but... Do you think Pressure Machine was based entirely off of History of a Boring Town? Because I have a small conspiracy theory <laughs> <Do you? laughs> that that might be the case. Because it did bring back memories of that when we were listening to Pressure Machine. The Lee Brandon Flowers, is that the lead yeah. singer to The yeah. Killers? I think that he is way too self-involved to <laughs> ever... Listen to other albums. that somebody else thought... Or even listen to it, yes. <laughs> oh, History of a Boring Town, is that Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> that, no, I haven't listened to it, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> good point good point let's start with less than jake and your relationship with them in general how did that start where did that start talk about your brother yada, yada, i yada. love my brother uh <laughs> he's just fabulous the first time i heard this album was because my brother had it vincent had this album and this was my first album i think that i had that introduced me to punk rock it was this it was operation ivy some no effects this is the punk rock light, I think, out of all of the albums yeah. that I had. And this was kind of crossovery for them and for their sound, I think. I think those three are great. That's a great comparison to have of those three were around for a long time, mm -hmm. particularly, you know, no effects have yeah. been around forever. But they all got big kind of at the same time. Yeah. You're right. They're three incredibly different styles of right. punk. I, I don't even like calling Less Than Jake punk. Yeah. Because there's so, there's so many more elements to Less Than Jake. Yeah. And that's why I think. I guess it depends on if you. Do you, do you consider Ska to be punk? <sighs> no. I think it can be. I think like you said, Less Than Jake has a lot of different elements in it. So I think that they can fall in a bunch of different categories. But I don't think ska and punk have to be in the same categories. I think that they can cross over like a little Venn diagram, but not necessarily. Yeah, because where Oper Operation Ivy was trying to be the old school classic punk and you had, who was the other one you said? Operation Ivy, no effects. No effects was just, they were the goofy, they were the first Blink-182 kind yeah. of thing. They were Blink-182, but more talented and before. But hard, yeah. Well, I don't want to say more talented, just better. <laughs> in my in my humble opinion. I think opinion. both. I think it's okay to say both. <laughs> and then you had Less Than Jake, which was much more to me of a, there was a major talent yeah. there. You had these bands like Goldfinger and, and the Mighty Mighty mm -hmm. Boss Tones and maybe not so much the Ataris, but... Who else might like real big fish? Real big fish, yeah. And it's not just because of the brass, because brass is particularly the brass in less than Jake and real big fish. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, these are fucking talented brass players. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think that this was the first, not first, but this was one of the things that made them kind of unique was that this was when brass was coming out in a not jazz style in music. This was coming out when ska was starting to take off. And so this kind of led into the blow up of Real Big Fish of all those those bands. Uh, who was the guy with the guitar? Oh, Brian Setzer? Yes. The guy with the guitar. <laughs> Thank you for knowing what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. You know, the guy I'm, with the guitar. Yeah, I think all these bands that all heard, you know, the specials in the 70s and said, yeah. oh, holy fuck. Hello Rock View. So is this a, that was the first one you heard? And that's why you love or how closely have you followed them since? Because all of this music kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. It really did. I hadn't followed them too much outside of the early 2000s, to be honest. So mm-hmm. they got well, they started with Pezcor, I know, right. which uh, was 95. Which yeah. Losing Streaks. Losing Streak. Yeah, that was their second one. Losing yeah. Streak was 96. This was 98, Hello Rock View. Borders and Boundaries was 2000. And I think that's kind of 2000 and then Anthem was 2003. So maybe after that, I was just kind of like, oh, they're still making music. Which going back, uh, which I did a, a couple years ago, I don't remember why. It was probably you. You mm-hmm. had probably said something about Less Than Jake. And so I went back and, and listened again. And I remembered... I had listened to it back in the day when it first came out and loved it uh, was less than Jake's album Anthem. Right. Which was 2003. 2003. Yeah. I, that's a fantastic album. I think it's spectacular. They also have an album uh, that came out in 2013 that I love called uh, See the Light, which is also just spectacular. Right. They have tons of great music. Yeah. In a, what, a, like 12 out, three, six, nine albums? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're here to talk about Hello Rock View, which which was their most popular one. I think so, yeah. Like you said, it was the hits. Yeah. When did you see them? I saw them in 99. So just right after this came out at Warp Tour. I mean, that is, if you're talking about time capsule mm. moments. Yeah. Less than Jake, 1998 Warp Tour, 99 Warp Tour. Yeah. I don't even know how to explain it. That is that's such a time capsule mm-hmm. concert that you got. It's like to a see. teenage core memory. It really was yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. It's age specific because yeah. if I said to somebody six years younger than us, mm-hmm. Rachel went and saw less than Jake at Warp Tour in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you what are you talking about? But if you say that to anybody our age, they're like, mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. No, I was 16 years old. And so like right in the middle of, you know, teenage adolescence listening to music and right coming into to punk rock. That was when Blink-182 was the headliner was there. Vandals were there. There were a bunch of really, really great bands. Forgot about the Vandals. Eminem was there. (laughs) Well, that's random. That one doesn't really go in, but fuck if he wasn't awesome too. (laughs) So I I got to say... And I didn't listen to Less Than Jake in high school. It wasn't a conscious mm-hmm. thing. I just, I just didn't have them. You didn't run into it. Yeah. yeah, I do remember this album. This album is way better than I remember it. Mm. I was way into a few of those bands. A few like the Real Big Fishes, and and I loved right. the Ataris, uh, which was a lot more basic and I don't know, maybe a little more cheesy. 
Mm-hmm. But this album is so tight. It's not super cheesy, but it's also mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not the Pennywise or the Bad Religion back then. Right. It's, it's not taking itself seriously. It's just writing this line of cool mm-hmm. and happy, stupid kids. Mm-hmm. I, it's just really fucking cool. It's fun and it's an easy listen, but it's not. I think when you say those two kind of things together, that it's a fun, fun album, an easy listen album, you think it's probably not a good album. It's probably not well done uh, musically, lyrically, any of that. Simple and it's it's not that either. So it's a really no. good mesh of all of those things together. No, this is kind of the perfect version of that style of music. It's, yeah. It's much more... So I was talking about ska. I think it's actually more punk than ska, which is why I can't really... It's hard to fit it into any sort of genre. I think when you add brass, you just automatically think ska. Yes. So... That's that's true. I think that that can be kind of confusing on what kind of genre they fall into. I don't think just because it has brass into it and ska that it can't be punk rock. Like we said, there's a lot of stuff that crosses over. This is also way more thematically and lyrically mature mm-hmm. than most music like this, especially back then. Yeah. Miss Lyric Lady. Mm-hmm. Are there specific songs that you enjoy lyrically, thematically, blah, 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 blah? I mean, you kind of called it with History of a Boring Town. Thematic. Oh, you like that one? Thematic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, in that it has a... A theme to it. It's great. I thought that was really good. There, when we do get into lyrics, there's a, there's a lot, and I say this a lot of times. Very simple lyrics, but not necessarily bad lyrics. Just like not, I don't have to pull out a, a dictionary to try and figure out what this guy's trying to say. And so I appreciate that. But it's it's well written. It's really well written. I love that he has the balls to sing about being vulnerable in a big city. Mm-hmm. So he has his big city song on this album. Right. I don't, it's not necessarily singing about being intimidated, maybe more overwhelmed from being in, you know, the, the New York cities of the world. Right. And which I love because anybody else is going to sing about, you know, welcome to New York. It's been waiting <laughs> for you. I knew that but, was coming. But if you aren't a fucking millionaire, being in New York is really fucking hard and it's fucking scary. Yeah. And I like that. But it still doesn't sound negative. Right. It's hard to explain, but it, it it's fucking cool, man. I like it. Doesn't have he to has, be negative, David. That's what I'm saying. That's my point. But it can still be real. Right. There are some, like you were saying, simple. There are some on the nose. Yeah. Things. There's some, you know, don't judge a book by its cover type of mm-hmm. stuff, which is cute. <laughs> there are songs on this also that I can relate to a lot being a, a big work traveler Mm -hmm. he sings a lot about uh i actually love this i absolutely love this he sings about places being different but exactly the same yeah and that's always been a big thing for me because everybody i meet romanticizes specific cities right or they are so proud of their hometown Mm -hmm. or they are you know this city is amazing that city sucks and it's so stupid because every single city fucking sucks and is amazing Mm -hmm. you can find awesome little restaurants in whatever town oregon yeah and some cool 
place to camp and shit like that. And it's amazing. Yeah. I think that we often focus on the shitty town that we grew up in on, and then the negative aspects of it. I remember you went into the Navy and then came back and we were at one of shows at like, yeah. And you came back and you, and you had like a, sh- a shaved head. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I remember you having a shaved head and I remember thinking, you shouldn't have done that. Uh, he looks so much better with hair. Oh. But you had, oh. you had made this comment of, you know, I wanted out of here so bad. I thought this town sucked so much. Don't leave. It's true. And there's, I think everybody that doesn't live in a gigantic city thinks that they live in some shitty podunk town. And that is just, if everybody thinks that way, it's like everybody thinks like, we've been on this, America sucks lately like america's the worst country our politics yeah. are horrible everybody's fighting with each other and it took george over in britain to be like no 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 we hate our politics too everybody hates where they live it's just yeah. kind of a universal this is shit and it's not the case cuz everybody don't sucks. worry people it's all bad <laughs> it's all yeah. bad yeah that's perfect because it's very true. That's the thing is I haven't lived in Boise, Idaho is where I grew up and mm-hmm. I haven't lived there in however fucking long. I, I probably will never live there again for multiple reasons. But if anybody ever asks me what Boise's like, I tell them it's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Go there, hang out there for a week. You will have the most beautiful, greatest time ever. So it's you're right. It's funny that we're never happy where we are. Yeah. Grass is always greener. Welcome to New York. It's been waiting for you. When do you go see her? Uh, July 24th in Seattle. OMV. I am so excited. Is Nervous in the Alley about getting mugged? Probably. Oh, okay. That was easy. I think it's a metaphor for something. I mean, the lyrics don't point (laughs) towards that. Study it next time because I was hoping that you were going to help me out with that. The um, CD booklet being an unorthodox format of a comic book illustrated by Steve Vance. I don't remember that. Similar to Dick Tracy. That's really cool. I don't remember the booklet. That's very interesting. I like that a lot. I just like this. This is a good listen. This is a fun listen. It's positive spin on life. Mm -hmm. Ska punk. Hold on to that thing in life you love. Cheer up your buddy that just got broken up with Mm -hmm. small town big town everybody just go drink and enjoy each other's company eat drink and be merry tomorrow we die sort of stuff it's just good shit yeah 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 it seems like you have a lot to talk about in the awards and categories so let's go to the awards and categories for hello rock view we start with the david crosby meh award for bad (laughs) reviews (laughs) These are always fun. There was really nothing fun. The only thing that was fun about the reviews was the words uh, skank and skankable came up quite often. <laughs> because it, it is skankable. Us back in the 90s, skank meant a whole different thing than it does now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was funny to hear these reviews where people kept using the word skank were they older reviews when skank had a different okay they're all like 2099 and stuff gotcha but there wasn't any good worth reading out amazon one that's too Um, bad dmx award rachel what do you got yes i kind of hit on this earlier in that the forefront of introducing brass in kind of a different way Mm mm-hmm 
And so many people took off with that. And that's when, correct me if I'm wrong, around the same time of, I guess this album wasn't the first album they used brass in. So, but the rockability, (laughs) rockability, rockability took off right about that same time. When was their first album again? 96? Pezcore, it was... Or was it 93? 95. 95. And I think Real Big Real Big Fish was like 92. Yeah. So I think Real Big oh, okay. Fish might have... But all these guys knew each other. That's the thing. Yeah. Like these brass sections and all that, like all these guys were slip swapping, doing different stuff. Nobody was stealing from anybody. Yeah. I don't think, unless you're like the specials, none of these people invented this. But I do think that Less Than Jake had a huge hand in putting that on the map in as far as like the whole warp tour thing. Right. And I mean, you make a really good point. I think that we, a lot of the bands that we've mentioned, oh, that guy used a guitar and then he made this band use a guitar. It's, these are two completely different guys using these instruments in completely different ways. And so saying that he introduced this band, you know, introduced brass into things. It's like, oh no, that's, that's an instrument we can use. But I'm going to use it in my own way. Yeah. Well, and it's, the real big it, fish and less than Jake are not the same. Th- let's say that it's true. Let's say that uh, Chris, the founder of yeah. Less Than Jake, mm-hmm. let's say that he heard Real Big Fish in 1992 or whatever and said, "Right, that's awesome. I bet I can do it better. I'm going to make a band and and do." Is that bad? That's that is every artist ever. Exactly. If you read a book and you're like, "I like books. I'm going to write a book." Oh, you fucking is it, dick. Did I steal from the person that I read that book Mark from? Mark Twain just already because did I just, that, Rachel. God damn it. <laughs> That's a great point. I just think that they are the best blend of that. Mm. That yeah. don't take it seriously, ska punk. Mm-hmm. It's like not dorky enough for ska, but it's not punky enough it's for punk. It's not aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. And this was their less than Jake... A lot of those bands, we just want to go out and have fun and party with people and right. write good music that make, makes people feel good. A lot of the bands at that time were forcing that feel. Less than Jake, mm-hmm. just it feels so natural coming from them. And then did this, this episode is coming out before the interview or after the, the interview? The next one is the interview one. Well, in the next award. The Mark Lanigan True Rockstar Award, huh? Right. That comment leads into at Blink-182 at the exact same Warp Tour. I got up very close right away. I was very excited. I got there early. The second the music started, there were hands everywhere where they shouldn't be. And I was not in um, a pit. I was not in an area that was seemingly dangerous, but I didn't feel safe and I was not excited to be there. I got down on my hands and knees and crawled out of the crowd because <sighs> when people started Jesus. pushing, they just they just started grabbing. Yeah. And that's not okay. At less than Jake, at the, the same exact same warp, warp tour. tour, the same warp tour a couple hours before, it was the same aggressive like partying music. Yeah, this is great. But it was people enjoying the music and people being like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Are you okay? I bumped in, you know. Yeah. It wasn't, you bumped into me. I'm going to take advantage of this moment and do what I want. The vibe at, at Less Than Jake was more fun and safe. And that's something that they preach is that they want everybody to have a good time at their shows. 
and they want people to enjoy the music. It's very rock and roll. It's very Mark Lanigan to that be at the forefront of your mind, to have people enjoy the music first. And I wrote down the, you know, Penny Lane from Almost Famous Mm -hmm. of... I always tell the girls, never take it seriously. If you don't take it seriously, you won't get hurt. If you don't get hurt, you always have fun. And if you ever get lonely, you can go to the record store and visit your friends. Like it's just, it's this mutual agreement between the person listening to the music and the musician that this is this is rock and roll and this is why we're all here. Yeah, and that's, uh, ex- that is extremely rare. Extremely rare. Yeah. My Mark Lanigan Rockstar Award, they just, they don't, give a fuck they have proven that they don't give a fuck if they change this are they going to sell a little more if they change that are they going to sell a little more and not just the way that that a lot of musicians pretend that they don't give a shit right they don't give a shit they've been doing the same thing forever and enjoying it and Mm -hmm. having great live shows and they're going to keep doing it and that's fucking awesome that would have been an interesting question because the whole because like metallica obviously not around as long as them but that having them be around for you know almost 30 years now the way that music was sold when they started and the way music is sold now is very different well that's i talked to brad roberts about that in the last episode that's why they don't make albums anymore there's no point the money's just not there okay it's fucking depressing hmm Unless you're a handful of people. A handful of people. There's that marketing that comes along with this is not important, but Taylor Swift and all of her music is like a packaged product where people feel like they need to have the physical item as opposed to less than Jake or somebody who's just like making music so people can hear it. It's not like this thing you need to have to physically touch, if that makes any sense. I think it does. What I hear is probably just what I want to hear is that I feel like, no, I'm not going to say that because that's not fair. Here, I will say it for you then. The people that like Taylor Swift and like Blackpink are people that feel like they need a physical thing. They have to. If Taylor Swift has a thing, Mm -hmm. you are supposed to buy it. Yes, very much. It's not. And that sounds... Like you are thinking, it sounds like an asshole thing to say, because then it makes those fans into these superficial people that aren't there for the music, but they're there for that product or something else. And that's not mm-hmm. 100% necessarily true. I don't think it's true. Where- I, I know it's not true because of the fucking people I see on Instagram just losing their fucking minds at these Taylor Swift right. shows. Right. What? What the fuck is it about Taylor Swift? I'm honestly, and I'm not, this isn't a, this isn't a snarky comment. People are just so emotionally attached to her. Yeah. Why? why? I think part of it is this group mentality outside of she's famous and we're seeing a famous person up close. There's this group mentality. I went to a political rally a couple round presidential rounds ago. With a presidential candidate. Was Trump pretty eloquent? Did you like it? <laughs> it was it was Bernie. Bernie came to Idaho Falls, which was awesome. <laughs> and did he? he did. <laughs> no wonder he lost. I didn't. Um <laughs> I've never thought of myself as like, you know, getting in the crowd and being like, yeah, kill them, like murder, you know, whatever. That scary crowd, you know, January 6th mentality. But like, as I was in the crowd and I was on the 
outside because I get a little claustrophobic in big groups like that. But I looked around me and there were like people chanting and it was this, it was held at a high school. So there were a bunch of high school kids from like poli sci class or whatever there, but there were also like adults and older people. There was a wide array of different types of people from different kinds of backgrounds. But in the group together, there's like all these chant, this chanting that's going on of like, you know, anti other guy chants. And I think it's very easy to get into that mentality. There just has to be like a couple people screaming around you. like, oh my gosh, she's gigantic. She's huge. Taylor Swift, we need to be screaming. Everybody needs to be screaming because it was the same thing. I, you know, when I was a kid, I went to a couple in sync concerts and it's the same sort of thing. People just, there just has to be a handful of obsessed screaming people. And then it just is like a virus. It just picks up with everybody and everybody's screaming. I think that's with most concerts, though. I don't think it has to be somebody big like Taylor Swift, Blackpink, somebody like that. No, I I've, think I, I think it's whatever the vibe of the of music is too. That you go to, you have a great time. You, yeah, you you love the band, you want the albums, you listen to them. But there's a different kind of vibe with Taylor Swift. There is sure. a grown ass women breaking down and crying sort of mm-hmm. thing. That's yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. Overrated, underrated, properly rated. <laughs> Good transition. <laughs> I think that this is properly rated in its time and currently. And I think that's because they still have, they've been around for a long time. Right. And they have their following. And there's not going to be a lot more than that. And there's not going to be less than that. There won't be less than Jake. <laughs> I just think that that fits the band's style. I don't yeah. know. What do, what do you think? I, I'm glad you went first because I think I've always been a little sad that these guys aren't more popular, but I think it makes sense for them to be as popular as they are because I think that keeps, for them, that keeps the music as real as possible and as authentic as possible. I think Real Big Fish is the big example, but you did have like the Mighty Mighty Boston's and right. Goldfinger a lot of these bands did get a lot bigger than less than Jake. Right. Uh, do you think that it's just the luck of the one song? Because like Goldfinger had Superman and right. and Real Big Fish had uh, Sell Out and, you know, Mighty yeah. Mighty Boston's had, what was it, the Knock on Wood song? Uh-huh. Was that Mighty? Yeah, that was. <laughs> less than Jake yeah. just never had that one song. I that... guess, yeah. But if you think of like Mighty Mighty Boston's were physically in clueless which was a huge film in 94 there there are a bunch of these songs that these bands had that got picked up by that kind of genre of film of that teen angsty Mm -hmm. films and so luck of the draw really if if you get that little bit of exposure then that opens your band up to oh do they have other albums i could listen to or i could go to their concert and i could buy their new albums And so I think them, yeah, absolutely. Them not having like a hit, hit, hit that got picked up by somebody just kept them at this like kind of flying, just maybe right above the radar, but not high enough to really take off. Yeah. Influences and influencees, we've already said them all. My, the ones I have listed are Operation Ivy, no effects and the specials. Yeah. Do you have anybody else? No, that is uh, Operation Ivy, no effects is kind of what I got there never mind the bullocks award rachel oh. you obviously sorry Go also ahead. pressure machine obviously they influenced pressure machine 
<laughs> fucking weird. Um, <laughs> you think this is the band's best album, correct? Yeah. I don't. I, That's fine. I actually love the one behind me right now, See the Light. I love that album. I listen to it quite a bit. It's a yeah. fantastic album. Uh, but they they have a lot of good albums. Mm-hmm. A lot. They do. John Paul Jones Award, Rachel. Who Who would you add? Who would you take away? I put... <laughs> Add some real big fish, like maybe some more brass. I don't know. Liven up the brass section. I think this is great the way it is. And so it was hard for me to be like, okay, how could we, how could we make this better? So because when you love something so much, you don't want to change it, David. You don't want to change it. You know, I, uh, last night I talked about God shuffled his feet with uh, evil. And yes, there's obviously my John Paul Jones was nothing. Uh, my answer is similar to yours. Yeah. So less than Jake at this time was missing a key component in their band. <laughs> they currently have a sax player right. named JR, who's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I want some JR on this album. Oh, snap. That's fair. Just That's bring in answer, JR a couple it? of years earlier. I'm an <laughs> yeah. asshole. Sorry, JR. That's what I meant. David had my notes and I had his. That was weird. The no. Dude, seriously, award. You have uh, one song to give to people to turn them on to this album, what what is it? Last one out of Liberty City. I just love that introduction to that. It's good to the whole album is just so hard, so great. It jumps right into it. Yeah, 99 miles an hour. Yes, I agree. It's fantastic. Uh, I said it's boring, I know, but all my best friends are metalheads. Sure. I just feel like it's it's so accessible for anyone. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to listen to that song and be like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, you unless know? they're idiots. Everybody's either going to say, hey, this is good or this is amazing. Right. John Popper Award. What's the best hook on this? Chorus of Help Save the Youth of America. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. I said I really like the theme song for H Street. I really like the the sure. chorus for that. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. The song on the radio thing is it's it's great. Yeah. John Prine Best Lyric Award, Rachel. What do you what do you have what's your favorite lyric on this? It's really long. These are like again, these are notes from from Help Save the Youth of America from exploding. And just outside I can hear the sounds of the early morning street becoming way too loud and the hum of the engines and the cars and the street, yeah, on the streets and the cigarette that I just lit as I pass the 53rd Street Bridge right now. The world just seems too big. It is so beautiful, descriptive. It puts you right there. That was the song that I was talking about oh, earlier. Those sorry. lyrics are fucking awesome. Yeah. I love them. You're you're absolutely right. Thanks. I said, do you know about her strength and convictions or how she puts all her faith in religion? Mm-hmm. I, I, it's very simple. It's very... I just love the the theme of the All My Best Friends Are Metalheads because yeah. it is. It's very... Man, I'm on a, a kick lately because I talked a lot about this with the Crash Systemy stuff. It's so easy to get rid of somebody mm-hmm. because, you know, whatever, mildly, mildly annoying or however, whatever. And I need to be better about that. I, I probably never will. But uh, I can still look up to the people that are better than me, like 
less than Jake. Mm. The Eddie Van Halen Award, uh, Rachel, what's the best theme, best riff, best musicality in this? There's a guitar solo after each verse on Help Save the Youth in of Help. America. Yep. Yeah. It's great. That's fabulous. I I have the I love the brass part in Nervous in the Alley. That brass is amazing. <laughs> Yeah. I went with the bass line that opens up the album. The Liberty do, City. Do, do, do. The, yeah. The, that's it's fantastic. It's such a good opening. Yeah. Surfer Rosa Award. How is this uh structured, Rachel? Fabulous. It goes hard the whole way. I it thought. does go hard the whole way. I, I think it's pretty side A heavy, but I do think that it goes hard yeah. the whole way. I don't think it slows. It definitely comes like we said, it go comes in at 90 miles an hour. And that's yeah. great. It might slow down a little bit after that, but then after that, it's pretty consistent, pretty balanced. Agreed. I feel like. Rachel, let's get to the Time of Your Life Award. Let's talk about the worst song on the album. What do you got? Go fuck yourself. Um, I said motto. If I had if I had to get rid of anything, it's not my favorite song, and that's the only reason. If I was to put these in order, this would be my least favorite. I don't think it's bad, and I don't think it needs to get thrown away. But Least favorite is a better... Yeah. Yes. Um, mine is history of a boring town. Rachel, you know, oh. my thoughts, you know, my thoughts on this, you know, my, yeah, fine. it's not your town's fault that you haven't gone out or done something or it's, yes, it is. It's Just not, kidding. it really isn't. Nobody forced you to be anywhere unless you are literally held captive. If that is the case, what, how do they, how do they signal me, Rachel? How do they signal me? <laughs> DM me. We'll get you out of that basement. Yeah. But the three best songs on the album. That was dark. <laughs> I will go first. My third one, we've talked about it a lot. Last one out of Liberty City. Such a good opening track. Fucking fantastic. My second one, All My Friends Are Metalheads. Yes, it's easy. I don't care. It's great. Did we guess favorite songs? We did. What Wait, did you did say we? for me? Oh, I don't know if we did. Yes, because I Helps. I did your history. of. I said it was history of a boring town. Help save the youth of America is what I said for you. I do like that song a lot. It's not on my top That's three. Fine. My third one is actually Al's War. Mm, okay. B-side, last song in the album. Yeah. It is so good. That song is spectacular. What an ending. Great beginning, great ending. Makes for a good album. Mm -hmm. But Rachel, our resident less than Jake lover. Yeah. What are your three favorite songs on this album? You are very wrong. Number three, History of a Born Town. <laughs> See? That's too off, Rachel. See? That's not very wrong. You idiot. Um, <laughs> you thought you knew me. <laughs> Number two, a Great American Sharpshooter was really punk rock. Oh. I really, yes. really like that. And yep. then... A surprise for number one, Richard Allen George. Really? Yeah. Okay. I just thought that was fun. It's fun. It's a good I one. like it. Yeah. That's awesome. Rachel, who won the album? Me. 16-year-old me. I won this album. Uh, like I said, this was my foyer into harder punk rock. It was a, it was a yeah. good, good step. So I win also brass. The brass is great. 
Look, this is an easy answer. I know that Ska is just set up for bass, but Roger on the bass mm. fucking crushes this yeah. entire album. Yeah. Crushes it. And so he, he won it for me. And with that, we have one more thing left to do. We've got to rate the album. I'm going to go first. I gave this 8 out of 10. Rachel's skanking out the dance, not the hussiness. <laughs> it is... This is a fantastic, like I already said, fantastic time capsule album that if you are our age and you put it on, it right. is going to, you're going to start smelling fucking smells and, and remembering th- it's just going to be great. Yeah. Rachel, what do you give this album? I, I agree. I think about an eight out of 10 for me. Like said, there's so much nostalgia for both of us and anyone that listened to this album around this time. Yep. It's really really great it's not perfect but i don't i'm not smart enough to figure out what would make it perfect so i can't help it (laughs) be a nine or a ten but it's an eight which is a very good grade well that is hello rock view by less than jake chris roger matt buddy and of course jr thank you very Mm. much for uh letting us play your music talk about your album this won't be the last time we talk about less than jake right rachel oh no in the next episode I get to stare and sweat into the camera and breathe heavily into a microphone while David interviews JR from Less Than Jake. Yeah. So JR is is a fantastic, fantastic saxophone player. And you find out a lot more stuff. I didn't realize there were a couple projects he did before Less Than Jake that had some of the tightest brass I've ever heard in my life. Right. Not kidding. He was amazing. He was hilarious. He was so awesome. Stay tuned for that next week. We still have one album left to talk about. Mm-hmm. We're going to do that when we come back. We are back, everybody. Album number two that I gave Rachel, interested uh, to hear how this is going to go, is mm-hmm. Billy Talent 2 by Billy Talent. Billy Talent, punk, what would you do? Punk alt post-hardcore band, I guess, yeah. that started in about 93, and they are still going strong. Billy Talent 2 came out in 2006. It was through Atlantic Records, so no, we do not have the rights to this. Man. Got very good reviews. They hit charts in Canada. Didn't do crazy good. I think the highest that they got in the U.S. was like 134 on the billboards or something like that. Very high. So Billy Talent 2. I am a big Billy Talent fan. I should say that I am a big first and second album of Billy Talents and then some of their other stuff. Before we get into any of this, we got to guess favorite songs of each other on the album. Right. Rachel, what do you think my favorite song on this album is? For you, I guessed The Suffering. And This Suffering. Mm-hmm. For you, Whiff Waffling between two. But I'm going to go with the Navy song just because you've been kind of big on the whole war makes mincemeat of all men sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a big fan of the uh, <laughs> war is hell stuff. Right. 
So now that we have picked the favorites and things, I want initial reactions and I want to know, were you at all familiar with Billy Talent before this? Okay, I was not at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like when somebody tells you to do something a thousand times and it just goes in one ear and out the other, and then your boss of the podcast tells you to do something and then you do it. And then that other person gets really pissed that they were like, I've told you about Billy Talent like a thousand fucking times. What is the matter is with your, you? Your brother or your fiance? <laughs> fiance. Uh-oh. He was like, I've told you, Billy Talent is awesome. I've wanted you to listen to this forever. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Trev Dog's a fan of the old Billy Talent, huh? He is. Yeah, he's a big fan. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so, sorry, but uh, <laughs> so I had not heard of them. <laughs> Not consciously heard of them. So what were your initial thoughts? This was a great pick. I enjoyed this a lot. A lot, a lot. Really? Yes. This was dope. I have to tell you, this was a 50-50 for me. Because really? I thought I thought this was going to go one of two ways. Uh-huh. Either you're going to dig the kind of the post-punk 2000s right. pop-punk thing, mm-hmm. or you are going to be able to just rip this to shreds. Because it is... <laughs> There are parts of this that are, it's very easily make funnable. Oh, sure. No, I loved this. It didn't seem like some of the descriptions of of the Billy Talent vibe were 90s punk, millennial post-grunge, angsty 2000s, (laughs) and mallcore, which I didn't get. Oh my God, I love that. (laughs) Mallcore. The mallcore makes me think of Tiffany and Debbie Gibson. I was just going to say (laughs) Tiffany. New Kids on the Block. Yeah. There's so many elements to this that are things that I love because I really feel like a British punk rock vibe. It doesn't feel like it came out in the 2000s. It feels like it came out in the late 80s, early 90s. Canadian, he's he's a bit more eloquent than a than your typical American would be. Sure. I found Billy Talent right when I got out of the Navy. I don't even want to call it a hit, but it was the song that did get play on college radio and stuff like that. But Red Flag Mm -hmm. was the song that I heard. And of course, I think I heard it like in the record exchange Mm -hmm. one day or something like that. I was like, holy, what the fuck is this? Bought this album, was just completely in love with it back then. Mm -hmm. Bought their first album, was completely in love with it. That's my Billy Talent story. I've, they have six albums, Billy Talent, One was 2003, two was 2006, three was 2009. Those are the only three that I've really given a chance. Mm -hmm. You should try out the first album as well, because to this day, I don't know which one I like more, Billy Talent one or two. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to listen to the other. Well, I didn't let myself. Every time I was listening to this album and then it was over and went on to a different album, I was like, no, 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 and then rewound and started back over. So I didn't get to compare it to their other album. So I will. I'll go listen to Billy Talent one. But tell Trevor it's because of him. (laughs) You inspired me, honey. Like I said, there are parts of this album that I could have seen you rip it apart. There are some astonishingly cheesy lyrics on this. Yeah, that's okay. Do you have a pinky swears don't work no more written down? Because I do have that written down. (laughs) I don't have that written down. I didn't write down the stuff that I hated. They were so good at doing that mid-2000s fake metal punk thing. Yeah. That was big. 
Yeah. They were, they were really, really good at it. It mm-hmm. was, we said it with Less and Jake, it's extremely easily accessible for the style of music that it is. I think this was kind of unique for its time too, because there was a lot of the stuff that was coming out around the same time was Crisis, Alexis on Fire, Black Parade by Chemical Romance, Good Charlotte, had oh, Green God, Day, had yeah, American like Idiots. Good Charlotte and Some 41. Fallout Boy, like all that stuff was coming Avril out. Avril Lavigne kind of, yeah. Yeah. And oh, what a, oh, what, what a time. A time. Alive. Yeah. <laughs> and so this was kind of, I wish I had known about this at the time because there was a lot of stuff that was not my vibe. I love the guitar tone that Ian has on this. It's not special. Mm-hmm. Back then with those bands, the good Charlottes and all that crap, <laughs> there there's a little bit of blues in Billy Talent where they will base songs off of a guitar riff or mm-hmm. something like that which you didn't really hear back then as much. And I just, it was refreshing. It wasn't just the same distortion pedal played fucking, there were some clean tones on this album that are great. I love Ian because the guitar player is also the, these songs, there's two voices. There's the singer in the choruses. You'll hear a a little more of a intense scream. Mm -hmm. Anytime you hear that intense scream, that's Ian. Okay. Those are my favorite parts of the vocals. They kind of suffer from the whole Blink-182 thing where I I love one guy's voice and maybe not so much love the other guy's oh, voice. Oh, that's why you hate Blink-182? That's one of I don't hate... I actually, you know, I am a weird Blink-182 fan. I loved the album that they came out with in like 2001. Uh, was that the one with Adam's song? No, that was before then. It's self-titled Blink-182. It had uh, I'm Feeling It and uh, I Miss You. And uh, that was a good fucking album, man. I feel like I've always been on the cusp of understanding what Red Flag is saying. But there's one line that confuses me. And it's Mm -hmm. the Red Flag waving never meant the same. I can't put a finger. I don't know what that means. I think I do. Here's my writer thoughts. So you have a white flag and that is giving up, right? Surrender. The surrendering. Um, And then the red flag is a warning of like danger ahead. Yep. But it's not necessarily like stay oh, out. Fuck. It's just, yeah. Oh, by the there way, this is, this is here. happening. So come in if you want. But it's just, just, you know. I get it. Does now. that help? You just helped me get it. Thanks. Why was that so fucking hard for me? Do you have Google on your computer? I appreciate you mansplaining that for me, Rachel. <laughs> when you ask somebody to mansplain you something, is it still mansplaining? I don't think so. You're asking oh. for it. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like when you ask... <laughs> <laughs> the women's asking for it, man. <laughs> yeah, if you ask it, if you're asking for it, it's not mansplaining. Good. Yeah, there's just there was some great stuff coming out at that time that was these guitar line built songs with these kind of terse lyrics that are very punchy with great yeah. harmonizing backup vocals and simple chord structure and everything, but mm-hmm. really well written melodies. It just reminds me of all that Lola Ray and shiny toy guns and these really cool fucking bands back then. I felt like I rocked out every time the entire album to this. So wow. picking out parts that I didn't like of it was kind of, yeah, you, when I said you picked a good one, you picked a, you picked a good one. Okay. I really loved the punk rock feel to it. Mm-hmm. Fast pace. Rise against kind of feel. Yeah. Punchy and happy, not happy, but like punk rock. There was a good vibe to the whole, whole album. High energy, and it, yeah. similarly, similarly to Hello Rock View, yeah, stayed consistent the entire album. The big difference, and sometimes it works to Billy Talent's benefit, and sometimes it works to their downfall, 
is I do think that they take themselves extremely seriously, yeah. uh, which at times falls flat, but at times it works wonderfully. Yeah. I also think that this album is like two or three songs too long. Yeah, maybe. I do like the end of the album, so I don't even know which ones I'd take out, really. After a while, you, you kind of start to do a little bit of the, oh, I've heard this on this album before. It's hard to not repeat yourself. I'm glad you like this. I'm so glad that somebody finally told you to listen to Billy Talent. <laughs> I'm very happy. Thank you, David. I can't believe I've been around for this long in life and I'd never heard of Billy Talent before. Was there a specific song he told you to listen to or does he? Does, is this his favorite album of theirs? Sometimes when I study, I'll just go down into his office while he's playing video games and I'll just sit on the couch with my computer and I'll play the music. you're supposed to have video games in your office. That feels like a bad life <laughs> Well, decision. it is what it is. <laughs> so music's playing. He's playing video games and I'm taking notes on my computer. Unless I like stop the song and ask him a question, he'll just like be quiet and let me study or whatever. But I swear to you, every song is like, I fucking love this song. This is great. <laughs> I love Billy Talent. Good job. Yeah. That's, that's very cool. Let's get into the awards and categories. The Let's. David Crosby Meh Award, uh, Bad Reviews. It was really all the same shit. Not as good as the first one. Okay. Same as the first one. Sure. But one of them just made me happy. And this is how old this review is. They didn't like it. It's a bad mm -hmm. review. But it ended with, I'm still looking forward to seeing them on the Warp Tour, as I'm sure they are still going to be sick, just like they were last time. <laughs> I like that a lot. Sure. That makes me happy. DMX Award. Rachel, what do you got? My Lord. I put Ben's voice. Yeah, very unique. Very, this is not an insult, whiny, nasally, but yep. still. He's got that kind of Our Lady Peace ish punk sort rock. of thing yeah. going on. Very Canadian. It's very, I don't know that it's, I don't know how it's Canadian. It really Canadian. is. Sure, okay. No, that fucking Getty. Our Lady Peace, you know what I'm saying, listeners. Come on, um, and that's what I said. They're, they have a Canadian up. sound; they really do. Canadian punk, it is. Maybe I don't it's, listen to enough Canadian unique. punk. I mean, nobody does, obviously. But now you do. Now, you just listen to your fiance more. <laughs> There's this very, very unique punk sound here, yeah. and I do think you're right. I think a lot of it stems from the the vocal styling. Mm -hmm. Which I would say is definitely not going to be for everybody. Some of you are going to listen to this and be like, Jesus Christ. You idiots. What the hell? Mark Lanigan, True Rock Star Award. Like I said, they're Canadian. <laughs> that What's does more make rock them star than being Canadian? Um, Rachel. Name one other know? Canadian rock star. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nothing that we haven't already mentioned. They have a unique style. Overrated, underrated, properly rated. I think it's properly rated, uh, but I will say I am surprised that these guys didn't get more popular. Yeah. You just, like we talked about with the last one, you really need a song to take off. And then once you have mm -hmm. one thing out there that people listen to, then it'll open up people to all of your music. They're going to want to buy all of your Don't albums. I think a lot of these songs are super radio friendly. I feel though. like, yeah, no. So having not heard this album in its time, I did not know which ones were radio-friendly songs. And I have mm -hmm. to say, when we get to our top three, I picked very radio-friendly songs for my top songs. Gotcha. And as far as appreciated, again, feel bad that I had not picked up this album before. I feel like they might have flown a little farther under the radar than because I called up Vince, because this is very much his vibe, and he had not heard of them before. And I was very surprised. Because no, I was like, you would fucking love them how he didn't run into this at any point in his 
years yeah. is beyond me. So you're right. They are in that way. But it's kind of the same thing I was saying. They are underrated because I, I'm just shocked that they just didn't get more. I don't understand why they didn't get more popular. And not that you want your favorite bands to like blow up because that makes them a little less accessible, like especially Warp Tour. You got to meet a lot of your favorite bands yeah. because yep. you're not going to go to a Taylor Swift concert and be able to meet her. You could you could go to a Billy Talent concert and afterwards yeah. go to a bar and he'd be just sitting there, just hanging out. So Influences and influencees, I hear a lot of fairly obvious old punk one. I hear The Clash. You know, I was going to say Green Day, but these guys have been around for fucking ever. These guys have been around since 93. Yeah. They may have made pretty good headwind for bands like, I think I said Rise Against already, yeah. and, you know, the 300 others that sound like them. Uh, what do you think? Uh, yeah, as far as influences, influences, that's exactly what I wrote was British punk. Never mind the Bullocks Award. I, gun to my head, I probably think their first album is better, but these two are very, very equal. Uh, to me I heard the first one was better and that's all that's all I have for that John Paul Jones award Rachel what do you got I put again the their sound is so tight that it's hard to for me to add somebody I thought mm -hmm. uh something fun would be Glenn from the Misfits um oh I like that yeah that's close to mine okay which is I want to hear what this might be like with a little bit of an angrier sounding voice Okay. Or maybe even like a, like a Joey Ramone producing it to kind of flush out the anger there. Who's the one angry guy? Rollins. Henry Rollins? Yeah. He's too old school punk. Okay. This is too polished. This is too pretty. It doesn't have to be. John Paul Jones. No. Dude. Seriously. Rachel. <laughs> what song are you giving somebody to get them into this album? Oh, there's so many. I wrote this suffering. Um, the answer is red flag. It is. That's it the is. Answer. The that's, answer is red flag. I mean, having it be one of the radio friendly songs, then yeah, that is the right answer. If you turn on red flag and you don't like it, you're not going to like these guys. Yeah. John Popper Award for Best Hook. Rachel, what do you got? Chorus of Devil in a Midnight Mass is just so hooky. My best hook is in the Navy song, the one I chose as your favorite. I just love that in the fall, in the fall. Fantastic hook. A lot of feeling behind that one that I dig. John Prime Best Lyric Award I have from Worker Bees. A pollination coming from the West, and in a flash we will invade your nest. Staring at sidewalks, hiding my track marks is also good, which is from, uh, which druggy song is that from? Uh, Fallen Leaves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of cheesy lyrics in this. There are a lot of really good lines too. Uh, Ra yeah. Rachel, what do you have? Red flag. Cast of the crutch that kills the pain. The red flag waving never meant the same. Kids of tomorrow don't eat today when they live in the sins of yesterday. Rachel, what does red flag waving never meant the same? <laughs> Just. I have no idea, David. Can you Google it for me? <laughs> the Eddie Van Halen Award. The guitar solo in The Suffering, it's right after 250, and it has this like Led Zeppelin-y vibe to it. Rachel, did you like The that, Suffering? That little bit. Did you like that song? <laughs> Just wondering. This is why I picked it for your favorite song, because it's really mine. <laughs> Push my feelings on you. Towards the end of Pins and Needles, and sorry, people, you're going to have to go listen to this. I wish I could just play these portions of songs, but I can't because labels are fucking idiots. Yeah. But go listen to Pins and Needles. In the last verse, there is amazing harmony when uh, he starts singing the, I, I've never walked so far on this lonely street. 
the harmony is absurdly awesome. And mm. that is my Eddie Van Halen award. Nice. Surfer Rosa award. I feel that this is a very much an A side album, but oh. I do love a couple of like the last two songs, I think on this, which are the Navy song, perfect world sympathy. Yeah. There are like a lot that. of really good tracks on this album. Right. I am mid i'm changing my thoughts on this mid conversation um what what do you think about the surfer rosa award i mean they picked the radio hits are at the front of this album there is that aspect of it that it's maybe rocks a little harder on the a side similarly to hello rock view it's just so consistently high energy the entire way through that it doesn't mm-hmm. feel unbalanced what about the time of your life award our least favorite award. I really struggled trying to pick one that I didn't love, but I put Worker Bees. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. What, so what is it about Worker Bees that you that you don't I like? don't know. It was, again, it was just least favorite. It wasn't okay. that it was bad. It was huh. just my least favorite out of, the, you know, the 13 tracks. Mine is Where is the Line? Where's the line is, sure. is trying to be this just be yourself, don't judge shit. But it's also this very pretentious like our art is real art kind of thing okay that is uh so i don't i do not like that song i don't okay. but let's talk about our three favorite songs let's rachel tell us about red flag and devil in the midnight mass and this suffering <laughs> like what order those three songs are in <laughs> uh devil yes. in the midnight mass is three <laughs> sufferings two red flag is one okay <laughs> that is a thousand percent what it was is that really your picks <laughs> How did you figure that out? How? Oh, I don't know. I'm just a pretty <laughs> smart dude. How about you? My picks okay. are very different. So my third is Pins and Needles. I love a good song about drugs, Rachel. You really do. You know it. Red Flag is my number two. That's just, that's the obvious two minutes of punchy in the gut. Yeah. Punk. And it's awesome. My number one. The Navy song? Your least favorite song on the album is Working <gasps> Oh, shit. That's why you were so mad when I said that. Ooh. I wasn't mad. I Sorry, just boss. was curious uh, because that is my favorite Billy Talent song of all time. Ooh. I think that song's amazing. I think the guitar work is fantastic. The vocals with the harmony, amazing. Mm-hmm. I love the concept of Western culture being this massive hive that's just going out and fucking pollinating everything yeah blah 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 blah. rachel who won this album me again (laughs) also the canadian people but seriously i feel like often i don't want you to get a big head about this but you often pick pick really great albums for people to listen to your ability to read another person and be like hey you know what you'd like this album here seems to be spot on 90% of the time. Well, thank you. I like that very much. Once again, I'm just glad somebody finally told you about Billy Talent. <laughs> um, thank you, David. You've changed my I, life. You're welcome. I said, yeah, uh, anytime a Canadian band can... How many Canadian punk bands do we have? Canada one. Way yeah. to go, Canada. I'm going to go over my rating first, which actually changed mid-conversation. You, you changed oh. this for me. Studying for this album, I think... The cheese was a little too much for me. And I had it down at a six, but I'm raising it to a seven out of 10. Uh, So I have seven out of 10 early 2000 black hair in the eye punks. It's it's a David eight out of 10. But I feel like for the world, it's a six six or seven out of 10. Sure, that makes perfect sense. If a listener goes to pick this up, 
you're probably going to hear a six or a seven. Yeah. But I still, I love it. What about you, Rach? I loved this album. I thought it was really good. I do agree that it's a little bit too long and it could be trimmed up a little bit. Mm -hmm. With that in mind, the album as a whole, I think a seven out of 10, a good grade because Uh, what is there is really, really great. But the stuff that needs to be trimmed, needs to be trimmed off of it. It's too long. That's it. It's just too long. I think that's a good score for this album. That is our episode, everybody. Billy Talent and Less Than Jake. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Those offshoots of punk. It's just, those are fun genres to talk about. Mm -hmm. And uh, you need to join us next week. Rachel, tell them one more time what we're doing. We're going to talk to JR. We're going to talk to fucking Less Than Jake. JR. It was amazing. Yeah. Stay tuned for that interview. A member of a band that's been touring for a long time, and that that's their bread and butter. And it's their bread and butter because they are fantastic at it. Yeah. Versecoursefirst.com at versecoursefirstpod. Rachel, thank you for talking about these albums with me. You're welcome for getting to talk about these albums. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and clear your sinuses? I don't know. I, Do you have a neti pot? I don't have a neti pot. I heard those are bad, though. I mean, everything's bad if, if you Google it enough. Just do some right? cocaine for it. That will open them right up. Will it? Until it doesn't. Yes. Until you don't have sinuses Everybody, anymore. Everybody, go do some coke. Good night and good luck. <laughs> Stay right by your side